You're listening to Powerful, a podcast that will provide you with solutions to ignite your superpowers, identify your limiting habits, and help you be more authentic. Hi, I'm your host, Bridget Brown Jackson. The episodes are cultivated with you in mind and teach us how to be intentionally powerful. It is declared that you are ordained for it. All right, all right, my powerful people. We're so very excited for this episode today. Welcome, welcome to the Powerful, the podcast. We have with a special guest, James Etta Cleveland. She is the CEO and founder of Sports Mom U, and you are in for a treat. She's going to talk to us about chasing dreams is not free. Yes, no, it is not free. She's going to give us lots of nuggets, but especially us understanding and focusing on there is an opportunity cost when you want to be a sports mom. Sit back, listen, glean, and she is going to give you some dynamic information to take you and your child to the next level. Are you a career woman who is successful, but at the same time, just sometimes tired, worn out? because you are always being the hero or the shero for other people? Well, you're not alone. Others are there with you. I've been there. I've done that. But we have a solution for you today. We can solve that problem. We have a masterclass that we are offering and it's absolutely free. It's entitled Shero to Miro, Abundance, Clarity, and Productivity Breakthrough. If you're looking for that breakthrough, this is the place you want to be. Sign up today at simplytomorrow.com. Simplytomorrow.com. Now take action today so you can change your tomorrow. All right, all right. We have with us the phenomenal, phenomenal James Etta, Cleveland. And we are so in for a treat. So for all those sports parents, (laughs) we're very, very, very excited uh, again to have our wonderful, wonderful guests with us. I'm going to allow her to share uh, some of her background and why we have her on Powerful, because she is powerful. Uh, Will you tell us a little bit about you and your background? So um, my name is James Etta Cleveland. I am from the Nashville, Tennessee area. I'm an army grad who grew up to marry the military and the military brought me to Tennessee, to Fort Campbell. Um, and then a long, long time ago, back in the dark ages, um, I got a divorce and I decided to stay in this area. So I'm the mom of three Um current and former athletes. Um, they're adults now. My my oldest daughter is getting married this year. I'm having a gram, a grandson. I'm going to be a grandma. I've never oh, been a grandma. Wow. Congratulations. I've been training for this my whole life. I've been, I'm like, yes, I'm going to do all the things my grandma did with me. So I'm very excited about this, but she works in the music industry. Um, she works um, at Sony Publishing. That's not the proper name, but she works in the Sony Publishing Department. And then my son 
played Division One football at the Air Force Academy. Um, he graduated in 2019, and he is currently serving his country at this time. And then my youngest is a college student. She's here um, going to Middle Tennessee State University. And so when I'm not being a mom and, and training for grandmadom, I am actually running a consulting firm for sports moms like me called um, Sports Mom University. Um <laughs> So that's a little bit about what I do. All right. Well, I love that part about the the, the grandma in training. There's nothing like it. Nothing like it. Uh, for the people that are listening that don't know, I, I think I've said this on several of the podcasts because that's part of my love. Uh, my husband and I, we have nine and the 10th is on its way. Uh, we didn't need any more. We had enough, <laughs> but we have eight children all grown. And so emptiness and loving that. So I understand, I understand waiting on that first one. There's nothing like that feeling, nothing. I've been told by all the grandparents that this is going to be fabulous. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. You get to do everything <laughs> that you, you get to learn, do, do all the things that you made the mistakes the first time around. It's like, yes, I got it this time. Plus you get to spoil them and you give them back. You get to- that's the universal thought that you get to spoil <laughs> and then send home. So I've been, you know, like thinking of the things like my grandma used to let me cook in her kitchen. I have my own little set of dishes and yeah. I just, you know, would be on the floor just imagining all the things. And so I'm very, I'm like, okay, I get to do that. I'm excited. Yes, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, we're excited to hear about all of that. And so we know that you have some power to be able to add, you know, to the grandchild. Um, you said uh, you're your sports mom. You you were still are because you're still doing it and you're consulting and everything. Let's talk about that because it, it's such a, a um, wide area and so many people you know, fall into that. I think I was talking to you in the, the pre-introduction that um, I had the opportunity to have children that played sports, but I didn't call myself a sports mom. And you kind of corrected me on that. So you want to tell our audience, you know, am I a sports mom? Yes. <laughs> mom? yes, you are. So people look at me and they say, well, her son played college football. So that makes her a sports mom. And if you're listening to this show, a sports mom is not just the person whose son or daughter grows up to play um, in college or professionally. If you are a mom, mm-hmm. grandmama, play cousin, um, mother figure, stepmama of a child who plays a sport, and the sport is something where you have to go to practice and it's the performance and the judge, you know, because dance, that's a sport. Archery, a sport. You know, people be out here doing whole sports and are confused about what they are. But if you're the the mom of a child who plays a sport at any level, at any age, you're a sports mom. Um, I want to redefine what people think of as a sports mom because the current definition leaves a lot of women out. And it especially leaves our sisters who are um, the parents of children who have, who are differently abled. Okay. Um, they're not included in the traditional definition of a sports mom. And that's just wrong. Um, I have a blog where I interview, um, sports moms. Uh It's called free game Friday. 
And I had the privilege of interviewing one of my childhood friends um, and her son has autism. Okay. And the considerations that she has to take. I tell people she's a much better sports mom than I am because it never occurred to me like when my kids were doing sports, like, well, is this coach going to be able to understand that my child learns differently, that mm-hmm. he processes information differently? Are, are their teammates going to have to be welcoming? And so those are considerations that she takes in into account. She actually um, has him involved in leagues where kids are with autism are allowed to play. And that's some of the questions that she asked herself, like, okay, if we go play for this coach, how can I screen him to ensure that he's going to be open to the fact that my son, it might take him 50 times to retain information as opposed to five, or he could know exactly what to do, but because something in his routine changes, he may not be able to um, process information the same way. So I just really want to um, take an opportunity with the consulting firm to redefine what we think a sports mom is because there's so many people that are left out. And honestly, we're all trying to figure out how to feed them, how to clothe them and how to make it through the carpool. That's what we are doing. Yeah, yeah. So you really can, you know, relate to a wide uh, variety of of moms that's experiencing. And I love how you said about um, all different types of things that, you know, most people wouldn't consider, you know, at and say dance as a sport. You know, to most people, dance would fall on the other side, but no, it's it's a sport that they're doing and stuff too. So yeah, so I have four biological children and I have uh, four wedding gifts, and um, I uh, um, all of them. I was gonna say no, I was gonna say my four, but all four, all eight of them uh, were into sports, and so we were very, very active of going and everything. The youngest one, in in fact, uh, we're about. Uh, two and a half hours away from him and his senior year we every week we went to his game so we drove we were on the highway five hours on Friday night his senior year just to watch his last games so I was teasing the other day when I said no I'm a sports mom (laughs) I didn't have to do my stuff but let's, let's talk about that for those people that really need the support and need the help and everything. What types of, of advice uh, would you give to um, parents, especially as they need their, their children aspire to continue and to go on? You've been able to live that and you've been very successful in that. That's why you're powerful and we have you on the Powerful Podcast. Uh, tell, tell us some tips and everything that our parents really need to put in their toolkit? Before anything, um, I teach a workshop for moms called Who Are You and Who Are You Raising? Um, it's, It's very important that as parents, especially moms, that you're whole. Um, and the reason that it is important is because as you, I want to say this, and this sounds really arrogant, but my son was considered an, an elite athlete. Mm-hmm. And as you get to the levels where their name is in the paper, they're on TV, they're maybe they're on ESPN, people begin to treat them like commodities. Uh-huh. And if you 
if you're not whole, you can't impart wholeness. Um, one of the things that happens very, very easily with athletes is that we begin to warp their character at a young age. We don't consciously think of it, but what we do is because they play a sport, um, people begin to attach themselves to them because they play sports. Um <laughs> Even grown people, like literally you have middle school. My son was in middle school, the middle school accolades that he got. Um, you know, there were adults, you know, men and women in their thirties, forties, fifties, you know, Hey Ronald, you're going to be awesome. I can't wait to see you play on Saturdays. We're, we're trying to get to high school. We ain't even in, in high school yet. Um, and so if you're not careful as a parent, with a sense of self that you can impart to your child, they begin to feed into mm. the, okay, well, well, I'm a, I'm an extra special snowflake. I think I am an extra special snowflake. Well, yeah, you are because you're fearfully and wonderfully freely made. But I used to tell people all the time, he still got to pick his clothes up off the floor. <laughs> exactly. He got to put the cap back on the toothpaste. Like, help me help him. He can't walk around thinking that he's going to get things because of the sport that he plays. That, And we start the subtle warping of an, of an athlete's um, character when they're very young. We don't realize that we are giving them an improper view of themselves. So parents, especially moms, if you're listening, make sure that you make every effort to be whole, to understand who you are. So you can look at your, you can set a foundation for your child that has nothing to do with the sport that they play. And they can continue to be whole. So then when people come to them and they're very excited or, you know, Athletes are popular. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody in high school wants to hang out with the athletes because they're popular, right? Well, gives you an inflated sense of self. Um, just being real and frank, um, there in our country, we have taught women to attach themselves to men of potential and men who are who are going to have great wealth. Mm-hmm. And so, it is very women look at athletes and, and they say, "I'm going to date him because he plays." And they start that when they are in high school. I will never forget. It was the most, this was the most startling thing for me. When my son was in eighth grade, we won our eighth grade championship and he was the MVP of the game. And there was a girl uh, with the initial T. So little Miss T um, decided that she would attach she was like he's going to be something mm-hmm. in middle school she decided he was going to be something <laughs> and so you know fat, well, no so this is seventh grade so fast forward a year later we're going into eighth grade and in eighth grade i'm like okay babe you can have a facebook and he's got a facebook and i have all the passwords and stuff and i'm like he's got a girlfriend who is she where do we know her from how she how she pop up and so i'm doing my due diligence she doesn't go to his school. Okay. Um, but what what had when I did my my investigations because I have super sleuthing skills, what <laughs> happened is she saw him play in middle school, decided that she was going to, he was going to be someone and that she was going to attach herself to him. And so she figured out who his friends were. Okay. And what she would do is she would 
on on certain nights, you know how it is. You drop your kid off at the movies and you say, okay, here's your little movie money and your popcorn and I'll be back when the movie's over. Well, yeah. she would actually figure out when, when, movie, when he was going to the movies through, their, through a friend of a friend of a friend. And she would consistently show up. So my baby has this. So I'm like, first of all, we don't do girlfriends. I'm your girlfriend. I'm your mom. I'm the girlfriend. I'm the girlfriend. <laughs> but, but it was just startling to me that someone would go through the process of figuring out who his friends were. And we didn't even live in the same city. Uh-huh. Um, she lives in a suburb and we were living, we lived in that, we live in Nashville at the time. And that it was just, so it, immediately it made me, made me very, very leery. And I'm like, okay, I'm not on my P's and Q's cause I'm not looking for the right things because it would never occur to me. Like I'm not teaching my girls to go and find someone I'm teaching them to go be the person that you want. So that was very startling to me. And so I really began to say like, okay, there are people that are looking at my son at a very early age and they're thinking that they're going to attach themselves to his bright shining star and they can turn his sunlight. And, and as parents, that's another thing, you know, I'm saying this, like he has to be as an example of people treating you like a commodity or people, giving you an overinflated sense of self. But as parents, you have to be mindful of who's in your child's circle. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, and so that that was a really, really key. I, I wrote that down. Be whole, number one. And then again, just kind of understanding and knowing and looking at the people around, kind of putting a barrier, putting a protection around. So what advice would you share with the the student athlete then what would you tell them that they need to to get ready and get prepared for what's coming in front of them as you've been working with you work with athletes um and you work with the parents as yes. well and then sometimes you work with some some uh agencies and schools too correct yes yeah i serve um sports moms athletes and coaches in in okay. schools and and i would tell an ath- an athlete um, you are not a football player. You're not a baller. Mm-hmm. You're not a volleyball player. You are a young lady who plays volleyball. Mm-hmm. You, you need to be very clear on who you are and that who you are can have nothing to do with your sport. Yeah. Be clear on you, who Mm -hmm. you are at your core and who you are at your core has nothing to do with your sport. Your sport is, it's like clothing. You can take it off and put it on at your discretion. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you gain a little weight and you got to lay it down because it's not appropriate for you anymore. And, but who you are at your core. Yeah. You don't pick that up and put that down. And so one of the the key things that I focus on with the athletes and even the moms that I train, anybody I work with is is understanding who you are at your core. Um, What I have found is that it is extremely easy for children to lose themselves to their grades or to athletics because it is instant praise. When you bring your report card home, instant praise. When you 
score the game winning um, three point shot when you spike in your spike, you know, is the spike that wins the volleyball match immediate instant praise and we love praise, especially praise from our parents. Uh Sometimes the only time parents show up is when their kids are playing a sport. And so kids begin to associate their worth and their value with academics and athletics at a very, very early age. And kids are very smart. They will become who a parent wants them to be in order to receive praise. And so part of my practice in telling them your value and who you are has nothing to do with what you do from an athletic or an academic perspective is sometimes I have to help kids tell their parents that I was who you wanted me to be. I wasn't ever myself. I I didn't want to play this sport and they might be good at it. Yeah, but they don't want to play it. Sometimes uh-huh. playing a sport means that you get your dad's attention and it's the only time you get his attention. Yeah. And so they have become other than what they really would be. And for whatever reason in our society, we just aren't ever taught that kids are super smart. Like <laughs> they really are. Like they'll figure out at age five, oh, if I if I pick up a ball, if I swing a bat. That means that my dad is going to have a conversation with me. So I'm going to keep swinging the bat because I want that conversation. I don't even like swinging the bat, but I'm going to do it. And we don't ever stop as parents to say, hmm, have I taught my child to be whole? Have I taught my child to view themselves as a unique individual that is valuable simply because God says that they're valuable? Yes, that's good. And so that's a, that is the first thing I would I tell an athlete. We peel back the layers. They've got to know who they are, and that who they are cannot involve a sport. Um, it can't involve a relationship. Can't involve a particular job that they think that they m- may want to have, and it can't involve athletics either. It has to be something that is totally outside of those things, and that's a very 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 hard. That's hard for some adults. Yeah. So. It's it's harder, it's hard for kids as well. But when you when you do it early, it's beautiful to see kids. Yes, yes. Be able to walk away on their own terms. Um, I fully acknowledge that I'm different from other sports parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell all my clients that all athletes have one thing in common, and it's that they are going to have to walk away from the game. Yeah. My job at Sports Mom University is to ensure that kids and parents have, especially young athletes, that they have the tools that they need so that when they walk away from the game, they're whole. And some of them are walking away. Um, We don't think of this, but some of them are walking away in kindergarten. You know, sometimes, you know, little Sally played softball and we moved. And, and there's no softball team where she, we've moved to. So she can't do that anymore. And we as parents don't do a check-in to say, well, not only did little Sally play softball, but all of her friends were on the softball team. All of her sleepovers were with friends from the softball team. So we haven't made sure that Sally has a real understanding that you can make new friends. It's going to hurt. You're, you don't, you're not playing your softball. 
which means your your daily routine has changed mm-hmm. and you're not having the same friends, yeah. but it's okay. Let's let's be intentional. Let's yeah. make sure that we, we come around her and alongside her and let her know that you know what, these new people at the new school, they might not, they might already have their little clicks even at five, but it's okay, baby. It's okay. Things are happening. Like at every level, they're walking away from the game. And we, as parents are not making sure that they walk away whole. And that's what I do. If you asked me what I do, I'd say we help my, we build whole people, not just athletes. And it's important every level for them to be whole. Yes. You brought out a really good point. It's really, really um, um, very imperative that they're whole. I was just watching uh, recently, I want to say, I think it was last week, um, uh, Ayanna Van Zandt uh, fixed my life episode and um, uh, T.O. was on there. And, you know, I, I don't follow, you know, sports like that and everything, but I do know who he is. And I know, you know, some of his his dilemma And he was, you know, he broke down like a little, well, she did. She said 11 year old child, because that's where he, you know, first experienced some of the brokenness in his life. And he carried that into his career and then he carried out of his career. So he was having a hard time because of some of the issues he was going through was causing them the pain that caused him to lose his career. So like you say, it ended for him, not by his choice but ended because of some of those behavior things. And so one of the things that I know is that uh, you are a consultant, you are a coach. And so doing some of those things um, is very, very per- imperative. And so that that story you just said, that just reminded me that that's why we have to get them at such a young age. So I'm I'm glad to know, again, I can't, I'm gonna keep saying this because this is the powerful podcast, um, that this is powerful, what you are doing. And again, not just, you know, a lot of people try to work with the athletes, but the parents are sometimes left out or you'll find people, they're working with the parents and they leave the athletes out and you have a holistic approach to that. I absolutely love that. Um, I want to ask you two more questions real quick. I want you to talk about, you know, some of your trials because we're talking about uh, we have the guests that come on and how powerful they are. So I want you to to talk a little bit about, you know, what were some of those challenges as you were building? And then I want to end off on talking about one of your pillars. One of your pillars of your program is very, very important. Um, And I want to talk about that pillar of how you do with finance. So first, let's talk about, you know, so we want people to understand you're going to have struggles. Um, Recently, I did a a podcast episode about pain and we talked about pain is necessary. We don't like pain, but pain tells our body something is wrong. Um, And so what was that defining moment for you where you had some of those tribulations or some of those pain, but then you turned it into the power? I'm going to be honest with you. The very hardest thing is trusting God with my child's dream. Okay. I, my son was between seven and nine. He was young, still single digits when he came to me and he said that he wanted to play college football. Okay. And I'm going to tell you my son, he was not the biggest, he was the smallest and people had heard him, um, had, he had heard people tell him he was too small. Mm-hmm. Too small, too small, too small. Um, but what I would tell him 
is that football is a thinking man sport and okay. that you are, I, I would, we would, we started this. He, if you stopped him on the street, he could tell you, he would say he would know how to finish this. When he was five, I said, you know, football is a thinking man sport and you're a thinking man. And so okay. our, our, our mantra would be, I would say you can play football because football is, and, and he would say a thinking man sport. And then I would say, and you are, and he would say a thinking man. Um, so he had been hearing this and hearing this and hearing this. So he came and he was sitting next to me and he was like, mom, I'm going to play in college. And I was like, well, okay, you're going to do this. (laughs) So he's between seven and nine when this happens. Well, we got to get through middle school. We got to get through elementary school. Then we got to get through middle school. Then we got to get through high school. And as a disciple of Christ, it's not just Kenny playing college, but how can you use our journey for your glory? And so here I am with this little kid and he's got a dream and he's got a response to God. He's got some expectations from God and he's looking at me and I'm looking at him and I'm like, there, there, the, the, he's too small. It never stopped. Okay. The, the, he's, you know, it just, there was always, he was something. And so I'm just like, God, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. We had a major coaching change his freshman year of high school. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, God, we still going to trust. I mean, he was, he was hurt just devastated. And I was hurt to see my baby hurt, but I'm like, okay, you're going to, the best thing that ever happened. Our new coach that we got rock batting. Mm -hmm. We are still friends. We'll be friends forever. Um, Totally more than a football coach. But again, it's having to start over and trust God with your child's dream, because this person doesn't know your child, doesn't have a history with them. And you're starting all over. You're once again hearing, you got to work, you got to work. So this is happening for years because he doesn't actually sign his national letter of intent until his senior year. And he's 17. So you got like you got almost 10 years of trusting God yeah. regardless of we had um we had broken arm we had a broken hand <laughs> we, yeah. we we you got all the things that are happening and and it is very difficult mm-hmm. to watch your child have a dream and that dream takes years to come to pass to consistently say okay God I'm going to, because as a, as a parent, you want, what can I do? What can I do? Who can I talk to? Who can I call? Nobody that you can call that can guarantee you a scholarship for your child. It's all got to be based on the body of work that he puts in. It has to be on film, has to be something that's verifiable. It's not like you can give a donation uh-huh. And they're going to give your baby a scholarship. Yeah. I mean, I was like, well, mom, I ain't had donation money like that. But even if you did, they're not, they're not, <laughs> there's football is the money sport of college. Okay. It's the sport that every sport runs off of football. Mm-hmm. They're not just like, they're not just giving away football scholarships out there. They're not. And division one is the highest of the high. He didn't want to just play football. He wanted to play D one football and that's the top. And he did. And it was very hard day in and day out. Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you no matter how this looks. I'm going to trust you. 
even when I don't, even when I don't want him to go to this school and I think he likes this school, I'm going to trust you not just with his dream, but to do it in a way that people can see your footprints and your fingertips. That's good. Our journey. That was, that was hard. Now, the beauty of that was because of the journey that we went through, me and my son as a single mom and her kid, you get punched in the mouth in the athletic world as a single mom very, very a lot. I'm um, just to be honest, athletics is still hostile to women. And as yeah. a mom that's involved, mm-hmm. you you are considered, um, a, you know, you're considered a helicopter mom. You know, some people yeah. thought I was a helicopter mom. And because I, I don't, I want to know how many scholarships do you have to offer? Yeah. I want to know what does your depth chart looks like? You're telling me that he can play, but okay, where's your depth chart? Let me see it because I need to see who is going to, you, you can't guarantee him playing time if you got eight people at a slot ahead of him. Like those are just legitimate things that you have to think about. So you have people saying, oh, she she's a h- helicopter mom. Oh, well, he's a mama's boy. So there, there were coaches just being honest that didn't want to deal with us because I was active. Oh, and wow. Then, I mean, because that that's just what it is. They're like, oh, she, he's a mama's boy. She's very involved. Well, you know what? You're trying to get a 17-year-old to make a decision for a 40-year-old. Yeah. And, you, and, and I looked at my three kids. These were my three talents. Mm-hmm. I got to give them back to God at it with an increase. And if you don't understand that, then that's on you. That's nothing to do with me. And so it was difficult trusting God with his dream, but, but doing that, our journey gave me my business. It helped me really see, um, how kids are treated like commodities, how easy they lose themselves, how, how early we warp their character. Um, there's a reason that there's not a lot of athletes that are publicly, um, disciples of Christ. And so I, the victories I got my business, my business idea from it. And there was nothing like when he got his offer for the Air Force Academy and he committed, I was able to say to my kid, okay, you have accomplished what you set out for. What you you wanted to do very young is you wanted to prove to people that you were not too small to play division one football. Yes. We have the paperwork that shows that you are good enough to play division one football. Do you yeah. really, do you want to play or do you want to let it go? And so he went into college understanding that he had accomplished mm-hmm. a seven year old dream. It, it God had really brought it to pass yes. and everything he did in his four years at the Academy, it was all extra. It was all um, this. How does the scripture go? Immeasurably more. God can do exceedingly in abundantly above all that we ask or think. He started. He he played his first game. He didn't start, but yeah. he played. He played as a freshman. Not many people get to play as a freshman. Everything about our collegiate journey, even the way that it ended, was God doing immeasurably more. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you talk about immeasurably more in that scripture. Um, um, again, exceedingly abundant above all that we ask or think. The one thing that I love about your program is that you have your pillars and one of your pillars is, is financial or finances. Can you talk to our audience uh, as we close out on that one? Because I, I want them to understand the power 
in what you have and what you have to offer, especially you, you just said it a moment ago, your, your uh, business came out of the pain that you had to deal with, with how you were treated and how you were done when all you wanted to do was help your son realize his dream. Um, and so from that pain, your your purpose was determined. Your motivation was determined. Who you serve was determined. Um, everything that you study and stuff was determined. And one of the things that you help teach is about the finances. So can you end us on that? Yes. So there's three pillars at Sports Farm University, awareness, education, and protection. And when it comes to education, um, first and foremost, my parents never taught me about money. As a result, when I went to college, I could have just had everyday sucker tattooed on my forehead because (laughs) they offered me a T-shirt. And I was like, yes, I'll take this credit card. I didn't even have a job. How are you going to pay for it? So because we didn't talk about money growing up, I made every financial mistake that could possibly be made. Okay. And then I went through a divorce, which in in and of itself is, you know, that takes you below the poverty line. So I'm you know, going through my divorce and my kids got a dream. Let me tell y'all, chasing <laughs> dreams is not cheap. Chasing dreams is not cheap at all. It's not. And so I had to learn, I had to get my financial self together. I had to learn how to budget. I had to, me and George, he used to just, I know George Washington was so tired of me. He was like, can she let me go? Stop squeezing me. Stop squeezing me so hard. But just think I'm a single mom. Mm-hmm. I have three children. I made up in my mind that I was not going to t- to treat them any differently. They were all going to have access to the same opportunities and they were not going to have lack. They wouldn't notice the fact that they were in a single parent home. So I had to figure out how to budget. I had to figure out how to, where were the deals? Where were the sales? And so one of the things that I do is I teach every Monday at 730 p.m. Central Standard Time on Zoom, I do something called Money Mondays and I teach a free financial literacy class. And the reason that I do that is because dream chasing is expensive and because most athletes, even the ones that go pro, end up broke. And one of the reasons that they are broke is because they don't have financial literacy. And so I teach all the things that I wish my parents had talked to to me about. There's a budgeting class where I make them walk through a budget and ask them what's missing. And then you got to figure out what happens when your car breaks down. Um, I teach a class on credit because they need to understand what is credit? How do you use it? What does a score really mean? What's credit report. How's a credit report used? I teach a class called the three rules of money because you need to know how does money grow? How's it taxed? You need to understand the relationship between principal and interest. I mm-hmm. teach a class on bank accounts because you definitely need to know how to open up a bank account and you need to know yeah. what to do with the check when you see it. Like there are literally, if you go and look at the world, mm-hmm. there are NFL athletes who got paychecks and didn't know what to do with them. Yes. Like, how are you... A- like, how are you in control of literally sometimes millions of dollars and you have zero idea how to open up a bank account? Like banking is a business, y'all. They get money off the fees. A banker's not going to just, you're not They're, they're going to do what's best for the bank, not necessarily what's best for you. And yeah. so 
I teach all of those things because one, I don't want anybody going off to college being a sucker like I was. Mm-hmm. And two, because most people end up broken. Their number one indicator is like financial literacy. And so if I could do that, the way that you really change a life is you teach somebody how to deal with their money. There's, I'm going to say this and this, cause this is something that I didn't realize. There's a whole d- different area of finance and money management called sudden wealth management. Okay. And it is specifically for, it's specifically for, for athletes, for people who come into a lot of money in a very short period of time. Everyone is preparing for an athlete, except for the athlete. Wow. Everyone is planning, except yep. for the athlete and its parents. And and you have got like, AAU is expensive. And so you have to understand, like my clients, I make them do quarterly checkpoints. I make okay. them set budgeting goals. We talk about little things like, okay, if you have three basketball games a week and it's five people in your family, how much do they have to pay for admission? How many times, you know, how many times a week, how many times a month? So you need to know you're in your budget for just for admission yeah. might be anywhere from 500 to $1,000, depending upon the price. And then, okay, let's just say, let's be realistic. You're not going to always have time to make food at home. A lot of times you're going to be coming from work. Mm-hmm. You're going to eat out. Let's talk about the hit that you're going to take from eating out and let's, and then let's talk about travel. Like my, my high schoolers and middle schoolers, those parents along with their children do quarterly budgets. And the reason why they, I include the children is because my kids were little and they used to be like, mama, go get your card, swipe it. No, there's no money. That that was my son. He was like, go get that thing. No, that thing don't work like that. He was six. Boy, go go back in your room. Tell me go get that, that so car. You gotta include them in the budget because then yes. they understand that if that card doesn't work if there's no money. Yes. And if we're gonna if we are deciding that we're gonna chase dreams, then that might mean that you don't get the video game. Yes. That might mean that you you don't get the latest Jordans because you play basketball and you need two pairs of basketball shoes. So you can't be stylish like everybody. Yes. You really can't. And so it is it's very eye-opening when you make people begin to plan and when they include their children because then conversations. It's very different when your child comes to you, even at eight or nine, and says, Okay, mom, I would like, I want the new Call of Duty. Is it in our budget? That's a whole different conversation than why can't you just buy me the new Call of Duty? Well, with my kids, we used to sit down like, okay, this is the budget. <laughs> okay, yeah. which, do you, which, which one do you want? Do you not want to eat or do you that's, which one? Yeah, that's when it's time to teach them opportunity costs. <laughs> you can get this or you can get that. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. You start doing it young, doing yeah. it to college, and you're, and you're not doing it in a way that's depriving them. It's a very natural conversation. Okay. Money does grow on trees, but our amount of money in this house is finite. It's infinite. It's not infinite. Like it's, it's, you know, paper, trees and paper. Got it. And it's, we have a finite amount of money and the finite amount of money that we have at this time 
has to cover all the expenses. And then you get to have conversations with parents like, okay, mm-hmm. if we're going to do AAU and you're going to, you're going to do AAU from March till August, and you're going to spend $7,000 in travel and food and fees. Where's that 7,000 coming from? Mm-hmm. Do you, are you, do you have a second job? Are you babysitting? Are you baking? What you doing? You working overtime? What are you What are you doing? And and I have something we do finances, but I I, I teach my mom a con- my mom's a concept called keeping your bucket full, and there are three buckets every sports. Can you say that again? I teach my mom's a concept called keeping your bucket full. Okay, and there's three buckets that we have. The first bucket is time. Because it's non-renewable. And what happens as parents, we budget for like Christmas vacation. We'll budget for spring break mm-hmm. and we'll budget for Thanksgiving. But we don't budget for away games. What happens if you have to take time off so yeah. that you can go? Kids hate it when you miss their 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 things. They don't mm-hmm. like it when you're not there at the game, not hurt. <laughs> so the amount of PTO, people have the amount of paid time off or sick leave. Uh-huh people have it's finite so you need to look at your bucket and budget your bucket the other bucket is a relationship bucket because sometimes we're understanding that we don't always have an infinite bucket of time there you got to have people who stand in the gap for you yes they can't be random they can't be random people. They have to be genuine people who love your babies the way that you love their your babies and whose babies you love like they're your own. Those yeah. are the people that you make what I call relationship deposits. So that I remember one time I got stuck in my office. It was, a, we have tornadoes here. I couldn't get out of my office. We were locked in a little room, uh-huh. but my kid's school closed. I had a relationship bucket with my friends, the Smiths, and they they picked up my three kids and they took them home until my office would let me out. Uh That's the second bucket. And the third bucket is money. The money bucket, it it is refillable. Believe it or not, it's refillable. (laughs) The other two time and relationships, those are the most precious and they're first because when you time, you cannot get back at all. And with relationships, there are some relationships that you can withdraw so much that they they wither and they're never to return. Yeah. So you have to be mindful. But money, obviously, every every quarter we're doing check we're doing check ins. My clients have to do monthly budgets, but quarterly check ins to make sure that they're on pace with their annual goal for athletics. Um, that's a bucket as well. So you have to keep those three buckets full. Time, relationships, and money. Love it. Love it. Oh, those are just some, uh, uh, I'm going to say this word, gems, and then we're going to laugh. We're going to talk about it later. So you already know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I just saw that on Instagram today. (laughs) I can't wait. I'm going to clip this part and let them listen to it. But no, those were some really, really uh, powerful, powerful points uh, because we, again, want our families to be empowered. We want them to understand, again, ideally, if you want your children to follow their dreams, that there's some other things that they need to have. Talent alone is not enough, you know, to have those other pieces in there. So we thank you. So can you tell us a little bit about... um, 
how people can get in touch with you uh, about your programming and is it uh do you have virtual components or do people have to be in Nashville? People do not have to be in Nashville at all. Money Monday is completely virtual. Um, and also I teach classes. Um, I'm actually having a conference. It's the first of the year. I do something called Mom 101. So I have a virtual conference coming up March the 5th through the 7th. And it is for high school football moms and your sons and daughters who aspire to play in college. And it's completely virtual. Um, The clients that I coach, um, they're virtual as well. So you can be anywhere in the country. You just have to be a sports mom and you can find me. I am on Instagram as well as on Twitter. I am at sports, S-P-O-R-T-S underscore M-O-M underscore you. And you can find me on Facebook as Sports Mom University. I have a closed community group. It's not private. So you can, if you're a sports mom, you can look for the Sports Mom University community group. My group, I drop all the, there are things that I put out on my social media that are for everyone to consume, but there are certain things that I save for. Um, there are conversations that you can have, obviously, in private that you can't have, like, in the in the whole social space. So the moms in my, my private group, we talk about a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. Well, that's um, good. It, it sounds like you're making sure that they have everything absolutely necessary that they need. And the great thing got out of this, that it came out of when you were getting pushed back. So from that pain came a great purpose. I love it. I love it. I love your story. I believe it is very, very powerful and needful. And so we're going to put all of your information in the show notes. So people will be able to contact you uh, from the um and, and look at everything in the show notes and everything. It has been simply divine uh, to sit here and to hear some of the great things that you have to offer and to share. And I'll just let you go out with the last words. Do you have anything else, a piece of advice that you'd like to give our listening audience? Um, I would tell every person listening that the greatest gift that you can give to yourself isn't actually athletics. It's what athletics can do for you. And anyone at any level of athletics can make friends. And it's relationships that actually change our lives, not athletic performance. So think of athletics as a tool that you can leverage. And it's about what athletics can do for you. I love it. We're going to end on that. I'm not going to take away from that. Great, 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 great having you here today. And we can't wait to have you come back on again because we got to follow up with those other pillars. Uh, We want to find out some more information about those other pillars. Well, folks, you've heard it. Uh, We have, again, our wonderful, marvelous guest with us today, James Etta Cleveland. Uh, out of Nashville, Tennessee, uh, the wonderful CEO and founder of uh, Sports Mom uh, You. And again, all of our information will be in our show notes so you can link and find out more about it, especially if you are a sports mom and there's some struggling that you're going through. There is help out there. So reach out to her. Uh, James, thank you so much for being our wonderful, wonderful guest. And again, we're going to have to have you come back on here again. Thank you for having me. I've thoroughly enjoyed this. (laughs) All righty. 